Hello and welcome to episode 508 of Ferg on the Freak. I'm now Blake from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Joining me as always is the healthy and virulent League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very well, Andrew. How are you? Um, I'm, I'm fine. Excellent. That's fantastic. I'm fine. I, I can't complain. I'm, I feel like I should be complaining because, you know, I'm a Tigers fan. But yeah, I still know. You've got nothing to complain about really anymore, do you, as a Tigers no. fan? Like, everything's looking rosy. Everything's well, looking up. Can we just say that yeah. the Tigers Tigers beat every single NRL team's absolute best side ever on the weekend? Yeah. Um, so, pack it up, 2024. You're fucking done. Yeah. Um, hope you enjoyed that rain with three straight premierships there, Panthers, Panthers fans. Um, kick back. And put your feet up and watch the Tigers show you how it's done. Which is the the most successful moment in the game's history? Is last it, weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, is it last <laughs> weekend? Because I think there's last weekend, right, with the Tigers. Uh, there's Parramatta winning the Nines title a number of years ago. I know it was stripped off them, but still. Um, we had St. Helens winning a trial match last year. They were very excited about that. And, the, like, I think it's between those three, personally. Well, I mean, the, the St. Helens one ended up being the start of their downfall. Yeah, well, it was the highlight of their whole year. It was in February. Because they, they didn't win the premiership at the end of the year. Did they even nah. make the grand final? I don't think they did. No, they didn't. There you go. So, I mean, but they, they, they packed it up after that trial match. But they were really good in February, and that's what you want out of a rugby league team. That's the same what? thing, isn't it? <laughs> We've <laughs> <laughs> got another one of those trial matches coming up this weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Over in England, fucking the Panthers. Haven't, have you seen any of the stuff that's like, it's been no. very low key. I think it's because the, I think because Wigan fans have actually done it properly before. They they kind of treat these games the way they're meant to be treated, like it's not the greatest moment in the history of planet Earth winning a game in February to Wigan fans because they've won so many other real shit. <laughs> um, and Penrith flew over a few days ago. They, they got there and they checked out Manchester City's ground and their training facilities and stuff. And it's going to be played on uh, England Saturday night, seven degrees, and it's going to rain, which will be... Probably really good conditions for Northern England at this time of year. So they'll, yeah. they'll be the fans will be out in their um, bathers. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Sixteen miles of sunscreen. Pretty much, but yeah. uh, they, you know they, it's been sold out for a while. But I think the it, it's interesting to see Wigan fans and how they look at the game compared to you know, fans of other clubs that have been involved in it where they kind of lost their minds. Like, Wigan fans are kind of cool about it, which is interesting to see. Yeah. Um, there was an interesting discussion, briefly, I'll, I'll admit, on Twitter during the week about how come <clears throat> English clubs take the World Club Challenge more seriously than Australian ones do. Yeah. And I thought about it for a while, like, in all seriousness, and I think it comes down to the fact that... Um, it's not just a World Club Challenge thing. In England, I'm talking basically through just basically stats related here, okay? Yeah. Is they considered basically every single game that you run out in, in your team colours for 
as an officially recognised appearance for your club. Yeah. So Challenge Cup, 1895 Cup, all those other cups they've had during the years, uh, everything. All those games, even games against touring sides, they all count as an appearance for your club in your official stats. And it also accounts as an, an official appearance by that club in all of their data as well. Mm-hmm. In Australia, we only count games played in the Premiership and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. And because of that, I think that is a mentality. And it's been there since 1908 in Australia. It's been that way from that time. And I think that's what it is. So we see the games in the Premiership as the most important games you'll play and everything else is just an exhibition game. Even the Amco Cup and stuff like that. They, we've never, I mean, how many people can sit there and tell you who's won the most Amco Cup Premierships titles? Yeah. No but yeah. Challenge Cup over in England? People will know the answer to that. And that's kind of where I'm getting at. And so I think that's what it comes down to is that we've never taken games outside of the premiership as seriously as England has. And I personally think that we should be in Australia. That's one thing where I do agree with the English model. I think that we should be counting games outside the premiership towards a player's record and to a club's record as well. It's not like they didn't play them. This isn't just something that we do in Australia. Like it, it, that's a an outlook that they also use in uh, sports in the United States. Um, so there's even a question mark over there whether in the NBA playoffs, if the play-in games that uh, so in the NBA playoffs, the top eight seeds uh, from each conference advance, right? Mm-hmm. But they made it so that it went to basically ten, and so you had teams uh, 7, 8, 9, and 10 would play against each other to end up in the playoffs. Right. And those games, there's and there's only, one, there's only two of those games, they don't – I don't think they count them as playoff games and the points and stuff and everything in those games don't count towards your career record or as – play towards your playoff statistics either they're sort of just off into the ether so we're not the only place that does it that way no but and, to me it does seem nuts I th- um, I, because I, I mean even in england they don't include trial games obviously mm-hmm. um even games that they declare as friendly so in world war one they had i think four straight seasons there where they still played competition football but they were not Official competition games, so all declared as friendly games. So they're not included as official matches, uh, and none of the appearances and data and stuff like that for those games are declared as official either. They're all just declared as friendly exhibition games. Um, but when it comes to finals and stuff like that, like what the NBA is doing, I that's not a friendly game. It's not an exhibition no. game. It's actually determining who's in the playoffs. That should be included as a an actual official appearance. I think it should be included as a playoff appearance for sure. Uh, absolutely. It's not in the um, regular season, is it? It's not part of the 82 games that play for the rest of the year. No, no. But, I, like, I, I think that a lot of it comes down to your culture of where these games are being played. And, you know, they've got a different culture about the rugby league over in, in England, and we've talked about some of the differences before in terms of like the number of games they play, um, you know, there's all these different trophies you can win, stuff like that. I mean, they, they've they only really just embraced the grand final method of 
working out your champion probably in the last 10 years where it's become a you know something that there has become the norm over there and not this weird new thing that they're trying to get used to um whereas over here like having that ultimate day at the end where you get a champion it that going back a very long way even when we used to not have to have a grand final there was always this thing of like oh man we really should work this out and eventually they did so that we always have a grand final so i I just think it's a cultural thing to be honest with you um i suppose too the the english rugby league system obviously is molded on the rugby union one which was molded on soccer yeah um so they do the same thing over there you know Every game, they've got different cups and leagues and all sort of stuff, and all those games all count. And there's, um, they've also got this situation over there where it's it's not been an unusual occurrence where you'd have, say, a team like Wigan would end up playing yeah. like Barrow, you know? Whereas over here, can you imagine if a team like, let's say, the Panthers ended up playing, I don't know, the Tigers well, up in the Wagga Kangaroos Cup. or something? Hey? The Wagga Kangaroos. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if I, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone in Australia that would say, "Yeah, that should be an official Panthers appearance on a player's record." Over in England, that sort of game is, you know, it happens. It's not like it's a rare occurrence, but over here, it like, man, I, I would, I would wonder how many times the Panthers have played a non-top grade opponent ever. You know, it would be very, very rarely, and. You know, they, they're they not counted as official stats. And I, like, I like it that way. I prefer it that way. But, um, you know, I can also say the other side of it as well. Um, well, I can tell you if they've played teams that are outside the premiership. Oh, go on, tell me, tell me. Uh, they played Wentworthville in the Craven Mold Cup. When was that? Uh, that would be in the 1970s, there you go. Wow. Penrith won thirty-four to seven. I was gonna, you know what I was gonna say? Did they beat them? Because Penrith yeah. were terrible back then. Uh, let's see who they play in the Panasonic Cup: Northern Division, Western Division, Auckland, the rep team, mm-hmm. um, a Brisbane rep team, uh, Central Districts, Illawarra rep side, New South Wales Country, uh, Brisbane club side, past Christian Brothers, the Riverina rep side, Wright Eastwood, and South Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, Anybody else here? Bradford, St. Helens and Wigan. Yep, yep. Um, is there anybody else? South Logan. Uh, did we? Warrington. Warrington, I was going to say, yeah, because we've got. Hunter. Oh, no, that could have... oh, no, that was in the World Club Challenge. World Club Challenge, yeah, because the, the Panthers have a winning record against uh, every English side they've played except for Wigan. Yeah. Will they change that? Let's get into um, it. Oh, look, I, who knows? Like, if they, they had a meeting or they're going to have a meeting with the Rugby Football League to talk about the the rules that they're going to apply to the game. Um, we all remember what they the Rugby Football League did to Tonga. Um, I asked today on Twitter if there's a market anywhere where you can um, bet on how many sin binnings a team will get during a game, because I think Penrith will have two sent off. I'm not even joking, Andrew. They'll have someone sent off, but they'll probably have two. Um, 
And, you know, it's, I mean, we all know what this game is. It's fucking exhibition game. You know what they should do, though? If they're going to play it under the Super League rules. Yeah. Right? If two Penrith players get sent off. Yeah. And tried before the Super League judiciary. Yeah. And so they get three game suspensions each. Yeah. It should be three Super League games each. Just Super League. Well, you know what? <laughs> I saw fucking English fans and... There wasn't many of them, but there were some of them where they were saying, because there was a, a, an English player that got uh, let off from, a, wasn't a bad spear tackle, but it was one of those ones where he could have got a week maybe, but he ended up getting let off. And there were people that were saying, oh, they, you know, if he had have got suspended, they should have only let him get suspended for a Super League game and not this game, because it's kind of like an international game. And I fucking hate all that shit. Like, I hate it that we had people saying that um, there were players that should have been able to, NRL players that should have been able to have their bans assessed for international games that they weren't able to get selected in because they were banned so that they could take part in the fucking games in Las Vegas. Uh, I I just think you've got to play a, a straight bat to bans and it's like if you get banned from your next game, you miss your next game. It doesn't matter who it's against doesn't matter what level it is that should be it and when people start playing fast and loose with that shit like what are the bands for what do we have them for if you can Mm. just pick and choose when you yeah take your fucking ban it's ridiculous it is so do you think penrith can end their 33 33 year losing streak against wigan (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> it, well, yeah, obviously. I mean, they're a much better team than Wigan. Uh, play for play, they're a better team. They're, you know, it's just obvious. But we, we've we seen what happens in these games. And I, I expect it will happen again. As I said, if I can get a, a, a bet on with a betting agency somewhere, I'm betting on the Panthers having two players in bend. Can I ask you a question about these Panther sides, the, the two that have played against Wigan? Yes, this one and the 91 team, yeah. That's right, yeah. Just want to talk about the spine for both. Okay. Which, which one's got the better spine? So just as a refresher, the 1991 World Club Challenge Panther side had the spine of Greg Barwick at, full, at fullback. Yep. The halves were Steve Carter and Greg Alexander, and the hooker was Roy Simmons. This was actually Roy Simmons' last game. A lot of people think it was the 91 grand final. It was actually this game. Can you imagine how fucking... Like, like we know Roy Simmons never bought a beer for himself for about 35 years <laughs> <laughs> since that grand final. And they went over really quickly after they won the grand final. Yeah, and they also how... went into the game with that Brad Fittler, Cole Bentley, Mark Geyer, and Barry Walker. Yeah, yeah. But can you imagine how Roy Simmons was feeling at that point? Drunk. Man. <laughs> He's been absolutely shit It's kind of shocking he played. Because it was only it was the 2nd of October in 91 that they played that game. Yeah, yeah. Like, they went straight over. And look, they lost that game. That was a That's a flat out, that's one of the real ones. That's what. That's the thing about Wigan. They've won these games when they're real games. Yeah, so that Wigan they, side was nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like basically the Great Britain team. It was incredible. Well, their spine was Steve Hampson at fullback, Sean Edwards and Andy Gregory in the halves, and Martin Dermott at hooker. And they played it at Anfield. Um, yeah, in front it's... of 20,000 fans. 
Yeah. Um, if that, if that one, look, I, man, I love that halves combination, Alexandra and Carter. That's mm. if, if they were in the NRL right now, they'd be the best halves combination. I dare say. Mm, just trying to think. Yeah, you know, I probably would rate them above the current Panthers halves. Mm-hmm. I'd have Dylan Edwards ahead of Greg Barwick, though. Oh, definitely, yep, yep. But I think Royce is probably going to be ahead of... Um, oh, God, this, I keep forgetting his name. Mitch Kenny. Yep. Because Mitch Kenny isn't a genuine hooker. He's filling in, basically. He's doing a good job in that role, but... You know, Royce was a genuine hooker. Yeah, New South Wales player. Um, Mate, he he lined up for the rest of the world, which meant there was no one better than him in the world. Yeah, true, true. But those games don't count as internationals, Andrew. No, no, no. Royce is fine with that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, other players might not be. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably only one or two. Yeah. It's all right. 49's still pretty good. It's not 50, but still. No, it's not 50. But I mean, it's, it's, it's 49 more than I played. Yeah, that's true. Not 50 so, more than what I played. It's not 50, though, yeah. <laughs> 50's a very exclusive club. Everything else is not 50. That's right. I um, mean, everything else is in that group categorised between 1 and 49, isn't it? Just a fucking regular test player, really, aren't you? <laughs> um, with a shitty moustache. But, <laughs> just yeah, that, just a little bit more. it's interesting to, to line the two teams up. I, I think that um, the, the two things to remember, I guess, is that we kind of know where those 91 Panthers players ended up and obviously the things they did for the rest of their careers – do weigh on how you think about those players looking back at them. Whereas we're kind I mean, for most of these Panthers players, they're towards the halfway point of their career. So yeah. like in 10 years from now, we might look back and be saying, Oh my God, can you remember when we said that, you know, these halves were better than those halves and, you know, Cleary ended up winning 15 premierships and blah, blah, blah. Like it could end up something like that, or he might not win another one. Like you never know. This is but right. I'm, I'm, I'm saying 15. 15. All Conservatively, right. Conservatively, yeah. Now, let, let's let's do a bit of Tigers chat. Okay. But this is happy Tigers chat. Oh, nice. Just for a bit they of They folded, hey? <laughs> <laughs> but let's start with um, David Nofaluma. Okay, excellent. Let's ease ourselves into the stupid fucking comments with the Dolt first. Okay. Um, he basically said he got sick of losing. Yeah, that's that's understandable. That's it, it's interesting though. Yeah, that to be sick of losing in 2021, when the club had been 10 years without a finals appearance, he signed a four-year deal. Yeah, that's true. How come he was sick of losing? Look, it, only it two years a, later, like the 10 years prior to that, he wasn't sick of losing. He was quite fine with it. Yeah, he was cool with it. But then eventually it wore him down, right? And he just got to a point over the last couple of months where he, he just couldn't face another losing effort. So where did he sign to? 
Um, oh, he's gone to one of those most successful clubs in England. Yeah. Yeah, Salford. Well, there you go, David. It's where he belongs. <laughs> well, to be honest, he probably belongs at Bradford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he belongs at one of those clubs where it's like, did we get paid? We did get paid? <laughs> cool. Another are week we, of training. Are we ever going to be in Super League again? Yeah. When did when did Salford last win a first division title? I'm going to say, I'm just going to guess. I don't know this. I'm going to guess a specific year. I'm going to say 56. That's a bit harsh. It's been since then. Okay. 72. You, you're getting much closer. 78. <laughs> 75, 76. <clears throat> so they haven't won anything since he's been alive. I wonder if, like, officially, if I'm pretty sure they've died since then. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know how Souths died? Yeah, they, yeah. I think they might have done. Hmm. Let's have a look. Oh, I can't check on you. It's possible that they did. I mean, they they went down a few divisions for a while. Yeah, they did. And it's fine. They're in second division in 2008. Yep. So, probably, it's a great team to be at. Last year, they finished seventh. Do you ever ever remember the rumours? It was such such a silly time. Is it the sort of time where if you got a few friends together, you probably could have bought the club? where they were saying that they were going to make an offer to try and get Shane Webke and Darren Lockyer. <laughs> like, do you remember that? Was this last week? <laughs> no. <it's laughs> yeah. up for that. <laughs> this was like when they were, they were. Hang on. Was that during the, the best? Was that during the, um, the years when that, that millionaire took over from him? No, it was before that. Even. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 It was when it was, Completely insane. Because when that bloke turned up, I forgot his name. Uh, Marlon Kokash, was that how you say Mar- his name? Mar- Marvin Kokash, is that it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, when he turned up, he's just gone, right, we're buying everyone. Yeah. But um wasn't buying the right people everywhere all the time. Oh, they didn't work out. Sack them, go and buy more, bring them all in, <laughs> give everyone a go. Yeah, look, I think... A, it was, had an air of... Parramatta early mid nineties about it. Yeah, true, true. I think like most people, like he he sat on the club for a little bit and then sacked everyone basically and got some people in that advised him poorly. And we've seen that happen a bunch of times in English rugby league. Yet someone in that, you know, their resume in England suggests that, you know, when I think of someone like a Brian Noble, you know, you get someone like him, his record looks fantastic on paper. You get him in to advise you about the club. Turns out he doesn't know shit. <laughs> you know, and there's plenty of them like that. Oh, yeah. Brian McDermott, he's another one. So I'll go back to Nofaluma. He, he said here, and this is an awful good um, piece of revisionist history, I must say. Okay. It really started when I stopped being included on members' days. I could just sense an aura that they didn't want me to be there. I didn't want to go back from Melbourne, and that's where it started. I'll tell you what. If you decide that Melbourne is where you'd rather be, wow. Um, 
I made it clear to the club that I didn't want to come back. I know that it was only a loan, but I think that played a part in it. When I left for Melbourne, I thought I left for good. I think that that's him being really honest, though. Like, yeah, yeah but, um, all, but also very stupid because he couldn't have looked at Melbourne and gone, yeah, Bellamy will keep me in that side because of my work ethic. Yeah, well, that's the first thing. The second thing is, like, he should have realised with the amount of money he's on and how long-term his contract was that Melbourne wasn't going to say, yeah, we'll take on that contract and you can stay here. That was never, ever going to happen. No, definitely not. Um, so he's, he's saying here that he made it clear to the club that he didn't want to be there, which is just weird because he's also complaining about the fact that he wasn't included in members' days after the Melbourne thing. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like he's, uh, yeah, it was a mutual thing. And that's a common theme because um, Justin Pascoe had an interview recently with uh, James Graham. Ah, oh, nice. What did he say? Well, the first quote we've got here is, um, he's, you know, the, the article in Fox Sports says, just too challenging. Was... Mm-hmm. But um, he says he, I'd actually drafted a resignation letter back in June or July. Okay. You can't sack me because I quit. Yeah. <laughs> it was just becoming too challenging for me. Not having the line of authority. Just let that sink in for a bit. What was his position again? CEO. Line of authority to do what I wanted to end with speed. Well, I mean, he was there before <laughs> um, the hat turned up. Mm-hmm. He was there a long time before the hat turned up. Mm-hmm. And he was the CEO. Mm-hmm. So, and he was the CEO for a very long time at the time. Like, when was he going to feel like he was in charge? <laughs> Who Who's the authority at the West Tigers if it's not him? Yeah, it's like it's him and the chairman, really, and and the board. Like, obviously, the board appoint the CEO, but this guy's been a CEO for there longer than I would suggest most of the board members were even there. Like, and he he <laughs> his job was never under any threat. No, what the hell? This is I sent that letter to a couple of the board members who said not to do it then and there and to keep going. There were lines of authority and delegations that didn't always give the CEO full control over everything. It was just becoming too frustrating that not everyone can stay in their lane and my frustration is preventing me from doing the job I think I could be doing. I just wanted the chance to be given that job to the best of my ability. When was this going to kick in? He wasn't there for three weeks. (laughs) He wasn't there for six months. He was there for years and years and years. Oh, my God. Only he could have done his job, Andrew. <laughs> well, there were people in my way. Yeah, man. I, I, every time I tried to do my job, it's just some, these, someone just stepped on my toes for eight years. I had all these authority figures that were above the chief executive officer. Yeah. <laughs> I'd want to go and get this play, but then he'd be the coach, and then he'd be the fucking chairman. Oh, one day the ball boy complained. <laughs> Oh, it's fucking, I went to get a hot dog. They ran out. Just couldn't, I, to, I just couldn't get on the front foot. Even one day I had to go in the queue at Lockhart Oval to go to the toilet. Is this the same guy 
that plastered his fucking five head across <laughs> that stupid show that showed how dysfunctional the entire club was to every single person that watched it. This guy that pranced around and pretended he was king shit. Now all of a sudden he's saying, well, I never really got a chance to fucking lead. Yeah, it was, it was that documentary where while everyone else was um, struggling and fire was burning everywhere, he was out trying to give a jump at a Harry Triggy Bob. <laughs> yeah. You won't believe you won't believe who won the the raffle. It was one of our sponsors. It was Harry again. <laughs> oh my god. Um he says I took the role knowing I needed to be accountable for everything. Other people may have said it's not just missing the tackles, but I never said that. I always said I was responsible for what happens on the field and off the field. No, he didn't. Do you remember <laughs> us? Having fucking podcasts where this guy would come out and say, it's not about our results, it's about our books. Yep. Uh, what would frustrate me is things like Isaiah Papali'i, a great signing. I don't know what he's trying to get at there. Is he trying to take credit for that? I mean, it's part of your job. Yeah. But when people deemed they weren't a good signing, people said, oh, Justin did that. But when it was a good signing, it was never Justin did that. Okay, okay oh. stop, stop. Andrew, 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 we need to stop. <clears throat> Let's go through the best signings the West Tigers have made over the last, let's say, 10 years. Should I, should I, get, should I open up a list here? I get your list open. I'll, I'll, I'll have to get the list open. It's, okay, open the list. Okay. It, it's it's going to be um, extensive, let's be okay. honest. Number one, Isaiah Papali, good, good signing. Played really well for them. Uh-huh. Number two, Appy Corusau. Yeah. Good signing. Number three. I'm going to go with, mm. even though I don't know if he played any first grade, but Stefano Utikamanu. Okay. Okay. Big front row. I mean, he, he was added to the, the origin as the 18th man a year or two ago, and he's been the the only genuinely strong ball running forward in the club for years. But was he signing or was he junior? No, we got him from Parramatta. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's fair then. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, what about... Um, um, <laughs> no, no, there'll be someone. There'll be someone. We're missing someone. Dane Laurie? Let's add him to the list. Let's be, okay. on, let, you know, let's add him Hang to on. the list. Don't do, do we count Robbie Farrer and Benji Marshall? No, you can't really add them. You can't. Well, they, we signed him from another club, though. I know, I know, but like. Help me know. out here. <laughs> I know. I like, you kind of have an, they were always going to come back. Luciano Lailor. Uh, Yeah, let's be on. Let's be, you know, let's be generous. Let's be generous. Let's do That's that. the word I've been reaching for for the last five minutes. Uh, Alex Twelve, who we also signed from Parramatta. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, I'm going. I'm going back through the years here, so I'm, I'm back now to 2017. I'm looking at. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Rankin. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. When I think of the best players the West Tigers have signed, and I'm like, 
no, that was 2001. No, that was 2004. No, like it's a long time ago. And I'm not, I'm not talking about great players either. I'm talking about some like Jason Moody. <laughs> um, I'm still going back. Martin Tapao. We got him from Canterbury. He actually wasn't too bad at the Tigers. Yeah, throw him on the list. Throw him on the list. Uh, wow. Brace the best up. That's, you know, that was one that was it. I thought it was maybe too long ago. Yeah, let's see. I'm back to 2013. I'm trying to find. There's been a lot of signings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the only other one since then that actually did work out well was Bloody Takuri, and that's 2010. Yeah, I mean, what to carry, you know? Oh, what about uh, that winger from England that used to wear the number eleven on his back? Oh, that was he was two thousand and nine. Yeah, that's that's that would be before. That was the same year we brought John Scandalis back. Oh, what about the uh, heavily self censored Bateman? What about him? I know. Yeah, you're right. I'm just, I'm trying to think okay. of people let, they signed. Let me, you know? let me sum up Bateman's first season at the West Tigers last year. Go on, do it. All right, get the ball on the edge, panic like fuck, and just before he gets tackled, throw it to the ground somewhere, and then yell at the person next to him who didn't get near it because they didn't know he was going to get the ball passed to him. About, and then, about. and then watch people run around him on the outside. It's a fucking great season by by Bateman. How about he? randomly puts a kick in on the third on his 30-meter line and the opposition knocks it on and the commentators go, great kick, what a great player. <laughs> and you just want to burn everything to the ground. <laughs> yeah, ter- you're right, he's a terrible signing. I was trying to be really generous, though. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm started thinking about just who they'd signed. Yeah, it's it's been rough. Yeah, that's that is that is rough. That is really rough. A lot of the signings have been, um, I mean, we've discussed in the past, it's been panic buys at the end of the off-season because that's yeah. all that's left. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're playing uh, NBA Live mm. and your cap's at the max and all you can get is the rookies that are available or whatever 58-year-old players still want to keep playing on minimum contracts and that's all you can get. <laughs> Yeah. That's the Tigers. Ping, ping, ping. It's like, oh, yes, finally, Damian Lillard. Oh, he's 39 now. Damn. Vince Carter. Yeah. Oh, he's 47. He'll be okay. He could be our center. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I, I He should not have boasted about the signings that he made because they were, for well, the most I mean, part, We're basically just proven that the criticism that he got was deserved. Yeah, one You shouldn't be sitting there sucking about it. Yeah. That's your job. Yeah, yeah. Um, something happens at the club that was a positive. It was, oh, club's going well. When it was a negative, Justin. Wow, his victim <laughs> complex on this guy is fucking I know, right? Charts. Wow. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that he's he's suffering. <laughs> it's been a miserable time for him. Um, and just well, if you're listening, Justin, um, it was all your fault. Yes, you were shit. And the good things that happened had nothing to do with you. They were. We can pretty much prove this with with facts and figures. They were flukes. Mm-hmm. 
okay? You didn't do anything good. You were shit. So, um, bye. <laughs> don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. I don't mind if the door hits him on the ass on the way out, and I don't mind if someone chases him with the door and just keeps whacking him over the head while he's on the way. <laughs> just to make sure. Just to make sure. But, yeah, that was... That was um, it's kind of funny, you know, since, since the hat and the spud left. Yeah. I haven't really heard too much about the Tigers in the media. Yeah, it's strange that, hey? Like, mm. a couple of... There's been a couple of whinges out of the you know, the people that leave the club. And that seems to happen, you know, a fair fair few times where a club gets, you know, dragged through a terrible moment in its history. It gets cleaned out. And then those people that were the problem, they go to the media and they start, you know, trying to change the narrative of what happened, which is what Pascoe's done here. And look, if you think about it, if if you've been sacked or cut, for not being up to up to task inside the worst club in the competition. You don't, you're not going to find another club. No, no. And so you're best to just shut your fucking mouth and figure, you know, let's go over and play in some uh, league one over in England and try and work my way up to second division where I obviously belong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so my next um, question is how long will it take Salford to drop Nofaluma into second division. They'll just get, hand him over to Swinton or someone. Man, wouldn't that be interesting? Um, you know, being a winger over in England, uh, coming from Australia, if he's not prepared for, because you can't play the same way you did over here because the, you know, if you can, as as I've said, the joke, if you can see the sideline, you're already over it. So you've got to play a different sort of way. Um, and so I can see adjusting as a winger being more difficult than it seems. The good thing is he will be marked by English wingers who don't know what the fuck they're doing. So that's much, a good thing. Much like him. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the other thing, too, with English players, especially backs, um, you tend to find they've got to be more versatile. So you, if you're playing in the centres, you will also be asked to play in the second row. If you play at the wing, you will often be asked to play at fullback. Yeah, yeah. Um, halfbacks, five-eights all end up having to play hooker and vice versa. They all shift around those roles. So you don't end up, and this is part of the problem you find with a lot of English rugby league, you don't end up with people who are outright brilliant at one position because too often they've been moved around to cover other roles. Yeah. And so no one gets to nail down absolute skill in one role. And that's been part of a problem they've had over there for a while, I, in, in my opinion anyway. Because you won't find a single player that's spent 90% of their career in one position over there. And if you do, it's very rare. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting sometimes they you look at a player and you feel like they're in the wrong position. You know, um, it's so going to be. You, a, as I say, how do you think Nofaluma would go playing a fullback? Look we'll over there; he'll probably go okay. I don't think he'll be better than okay. Or he'll gonna, have his good kick returns and nothing else. Yeah, it's going to look. It's going to be a come down from him because he he has a feeling about the sort of player that he is, and I understand where he gets that feeling from. But man, he's over there now, and he's playing for Salford and. You know, it's 
it's going to be a come down for him and it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that. Hopefully he pulls it all together and plays well for them, but you know, it's, it's, his, it's in his hands now and he's made a move that he is saying is the move he wanted to make. So he, he has no one else to blame at this point if it doesn't go in a good direction. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like Benji. Um, I've got one more news item here. Yeah. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese backs expansion bids for PNG, North Sydney Bears, and Newtown Jets as part of the 20 team league. Um, has he taken over from PVL? I and mean, is that a move in the right direction? <laughs> Man, he's backed some losers, this guy. And I don't like when he, when this thing came out, I was like, they just said to him, like, go out and just say yes to everything, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it was so dumb. It was so utterly dumb. Probably in the top 10 smartest things that he said as a prime minister, though, but still very dumb. Um, the North Would, Sydney thing was... Sorry. Oh, I, no, I was just going to say, I can't believe we're still harping on this North Sydney thing. Yeah, it's goofy. It's fucking goofy. And the PNG thing is... Weird, because there's a lot of problems in PNG right now with violence that's going on. Um, so I think that's why we're hearing a little bit less about PNG, and I think that it's probably they're hoping that it all, you know, settles down a bit so they can ramp up the talk of PNG again. But you know, if if you had to pick a winner right now, it's going to be Perth and a, another New Zealand team because yeah, they're going to want that other time zone. Yeah, I think so. I look I think that other time zone's perfect for rugby league. Bloody oath it is. You know, and, and New Zealand, I reckon you could put a team together for New Zealand in the next couple of weeks and it wouldn't be terrible. Be better than the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> you starting low, would they be better than Salford? <laughs> oh yeah, they'd be better than Salford. Uh Luma wouldn't get a run for him, put it that way. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Who would make a better boss for the NRL, Albanese or PVL? Oh, PVL, 100%. How <laughs> <Our> fucking Albanese. He's <laughs> not very good at anything. Oh, man. There's talk that PVL's going to get a extension for his current gig too. He did. It's official. He's got a three-year oh. extension of his contract, which he said he doesn't know if he'll see it out. So that's a good sign. <laughs> Let's hope, he's, let's hope he's right on that one for a change. Whenever, whenever I've got a job, I've always said, you know, thank you very much. Don't know if I'll complete it, but we'll see how I go. <laughs> uh, well, what else has been going on? Well, we're, we're starting to get the ramp up for the the games in um, in Las Vegas. And, you know, there's it's a that's a weird situation the games in Las Vegas. I don't know what to think of any of that. There's been talk that they're going to get a TV deal out of it over in the US. But we'll wait and see like how we've if you've been around long enough you've seen these promises before. So, you know, we'll find out if it's all real or if it's bullshit. Yeah, I the, the TV deal thing just seems crazy. I mean, there's a Fox Sports over there. Mm. Why don't they just say, you know, just tack this on the end somewhere. Like, it's going to be aired at, like, 3 in the morning over there. Just do that. You don't even have to try and get money out of it. Even sign up for, say, you know, 
You can have it for 10 years for a million dollars. Who cares? You don't need to try and get big money out of it. You just need that exposure. And if people start to like it, then you can start fucking around with kickoff times here. So mm-hmm. it works still for the Australian and New Zealand audiences, but might start making it a little bit more accessible overseas. Well, I, I just wonder what the end game is. Like, like uh, Gambling. I, and that's the thing. If that's the end game for it all, and the gambling revenue is actually have to put games over there in the United uh, teams over there in the United States, so they had relevant content for the local market there. But then, how do you fold those teams into the NRL and have them playing every week with the travel? And and no, no, no. Do do it like they do with the women's game. So instead of having, um, you know, the women have all got teams that uh, they've got exactly the same name as the NRL ones. Mm-hmm. Similar model over there, but you don't have, you know, the New York fucking pizza or whatever it is. You, you give them a name that's uh, that is linked with an NRL side in Australia, yeah. and the club is also linked with them, but they're based over there, and the NRL runs their competition. Now, I know they've got one over there at the moment, and they've got an organising body. But if you start putting the NRL in there, running it from scratch, mm-hmm. that's how you do it. There's no other way you can do it. You can't take NRL clubs over there playing games over there all the time because it's just too fucking expensive. But, but what if, if they don't want that? I think that's the other way you're going to make it work. I think you're, Americans are, are much more patriotic, and they'd rather be supporting their own teams than foreign teams. That's why when they have the World Series or anything, they just go, fuck the rest of the world. It's just going to be our teams. Yeah, well, that's my point. Like, so what is the NRL currently doing? <laughs> like, they're, they're just they're just setting it up. They're, they're running the operating costs and whatnot in the early years, get it all set up, get it running, back it, make sure it works, stick with it for as long as possible until it is up and running, and then set up a organisation there to run it, and the NRL is still their hierarchy. But that, and here's the thing, like they've got a bunch of different... world, the International Rugby League would be the hierarchy, but well, I was going to say, like in an ideal world, the International Rugby League would be the hierarchy and they'd be running it, but we know that they're not doing anything enough and they don't have enough money to do that. So the NRL's got to step in and do that. Well, the, the International Rugby League was recently given governance advice to the United States Rugby League because they they needed it, apparently. I wouldn't have gone to the International Rugby League for it, but that's who they got it from. And there's different leagues over there, like, and they're regional-based competitions. And I don't, I don't know. I, I would just like to know what the big plan is. I, if it's for the NRL to have its own league that it runs over there, you know, is it local players? Is it players from around the world? Is it Australian-based players? Is it a, you know, is it an offshoot for like a second division competition that you run in the US? How do you fund it? You know, is it going to get traction? I don't know. It'd be purely a American concept. But what we could have is instead of having Australian players going over to England and propping up their game, the players will that are here that don't get signed to an NRL club or a New South Wales Queensland Cup club, they can go over and play in the the, the American one. 
I don't know that that's financially viable though for a player. I mean, because if you think, say you're a, say you're a player that's not getting in an NRL team, so you're going to be earning less than the NRL minimum wage, which I believe is about one hundred twenty thousand, to go and play rugby league in the United States, right? But there's a lot of expenses that are involved in that. And I don't know that it's financially viable for a person to do that. Is where the genius of the plan comes together. Mm -hmm. Anthony Albanese makes them the Australian ambassador for that club, and then they just get paid by the government. Then it's all just strip clubs, from what I know about Australian ambassadors. (laughs) Fucking perfect. (laughs) So we've also already got the cheer girls sorted out. Far out. Um, I don't know. I just wish that there was a – like maybe they do have a plan in place. They're not talking about it. I just don't see what the plan is. I, I can understand if they said, look, we're trying to promote local rugby league. We're trying to promote rugby league in general. If they said we're putting on an event to try and earn money out of the single event and then we're going home, that would make more sense to me than the the vague – plans that they talk about and you know as we've said there's are they not having a, a nines tournament over there the local players are having a nines tournament while over that weekend yeah yeah i mean that's that's a good idea yeah it's a good idea yeah i just I'd, i don't know i'd like, like to see a one or two local games being played as the warm-up act for the main game for the nrl games though i know yeah, like in the stadium itself, that would have been yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. But I, my understanding is that they, they have, that they've been welcoming to local rugby league people that have wanted to put on events around the weekend, but that there won't be any games in the actual stadium. That they'll be held elsewhere. Hmm. And look, I could be wrong about that, but that's the understanding that I have at the moment of the situation. The only way any sport in, like new sport in America, is going to get a foothold is it needs to get itself either propped up by a more popular um, organisation than in the same sport, so like the NRL, or it needs to attach itself to a very dominant already existing sport that's over there. So it's going to work. Otherwise, you're just going to have more of what they currently have where they get some momentum and then there's bickering and then they split into two comps and then it all falls apart and then it starts up again and then the cycle goes over and round, round, round circles. Yeah, yeah. And it's happened so many times over it's there, unfortunately. You got know. to stop because all they've done is they've killed any momentum they keep building. Yeah, yeah. Think, think what they could have achieved by now if there had been a unified competition back in the 90s. It's interesting that it keeps happening over and over again over there. And I, you know, I don't understand why it keeps happening. My guess is that it's because you've got a a few clubs over there that are stronger than everyone else. And I I think that, you know, that some of those clubs just get upset with the management and then they try and do something and you get a split. And then they'll come back together and then it happens again. And it's a weird situation. And the other thing that hurts them, I guess, is that because the United States is such a big country that you can get strong pockets or you get relatively strong pockets for the game over there that happen in different parts of their country. 
that can have nothing to do with one another, you know, yeah, uh, and and be their own thing. So, um, it'd be good if it all just settled down and they could all start working in the one direction together. But we'll wait and see. It's it's happened so many times. It's it's hard to put any faith that it's going to be right from now on. But hopefully, it is. I think too when you've got um, a sport that's being developed in a country. The players who are playing it, they want, they obviously want to be paid well. But if they can't get the money, then they want success. Mm. And that's what happens is if they're not getting enough money, they'll go to the team that's winning all the time. Yeah. And so that's what tends to happen with that sort of stuff. Everyone starts moving to the same clubs. Yeah. So yep. the strong club gets stronger and stronger and stronger, and the weak ones just get weaker. And then all of a sudden, you've got this uneven comp with like one or two strong teams, and then all the other teams are all at the same level and they're too far behind. Yeah, and like over there, like the level of the game is, you know, a very, very localised competition strength level over here. And, it, you know, it's run by people that absolutely love the game. They're playing this weird game no one else plays that, that has these weird rules no one else understands except for the people they're playing against. They're, you know, they're trying to play on the best grounds that they can get their hands on, which aren't very good. They're playing with the best equipment they can get, which in some cases is, you know, it's not like it's all new equipment all the time. And so it's not like they don't love the game and they want to play rugby league and all that, but they are at a a low level in terms of, you know, not only their ability to play the game, but, you know, how much is around that in terms of how much money you can get for a sponsorship and and things like that. It's very, very localised. And, you know, so they're doing their best over there. Um, and I'm sure when they say the NRL go over there and, and want to play these games in Las Vegas, they've got a lot of hope that it's going to change things and and push the game forward over there. I just, I want to see it happen first, you know. There's been so many promises before of games here and there and it's going to kickstart this and kickstart that. I want to see it actually happen before I start talking about it. Because there's been too many promises out of all sorts of rugby league organisations, including the NRL before. Yes. Three more, uh, three more years of PVL, though. Hey, that's great. He'll be there just in time for that uh, TV rights deal to end. I just realised. So he'll be renegotiating that before he leaves. He He wouldn't be able to, really, would he? He, he might be. I think he will, but it really should be the TV rights deal that's negotiated by the next person that's in charge, really. Hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he is suiting up for a much longer term than just three years, and he will use... He will do everything in his power to get the biggest TV rights deal he can there, and so he should... Mm-hmm. but he'll use that as justification to get a longer term in the role. I don't think he wants to leave in a hurry. That's the thing. He was running the, what is it, racing New South Wales for a long time. Yeah. But it's only been since he's moved to the uh, the top job in the NRL that he's got some really big profile. Yeah, and, yeah I uh, think he I think likes, he likes that. He yeah, does. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he wants to leave that. I wonder what his motivation would be 
and if there's a chance for him to move into something else like it and he'd be hard pressed to find a higher profile role in sport than being the head of the NRL or the Australian Rugby League really technically he's the chairman of the Australian Rugby League not the NRL yeah but you know I can't see him in a different role you know having a high profile outside of hey prime minister well, that's what I was about to say, outside of going into, like, politics. And, you know, that's a completely different thing altogether. PMPVL. I take him over the current P- fucking PM. <laughs> what, what political party would PVL be on? He'd make his own. I wonder if we'd go for the... What's that one where it's like the horse racing... No, it's the Fisher Shooters and Horse Racing Party or something <laughs> like that. I can't remember. <laughs> he, he can have his own one. The PVL Australia Party will look like Pavlova. <laughs> yeah, we're going to vote for Pavlova. Listen, it would all come down, I, I, whether I voted for him or not, would all come down to how he eats a sausage singer. That's what matters. Yeah, yeah. Eat, eat it properly like an Australian, mm-hmm. and never, ever turn down anything that a lady from the CWA offers you. Not once. Not even Cause, once. Because if you do both those things wrong, you should be extradited to death. She walks up to you with a crack pipe, you take a big you take a big fucking suck of that crack pipe. And you say, is there seconds? And you go, you don't turn her down. I love the country of women's association. <laughs> <laughs> Um, before we go, I want to talk about something that's that come into my um, I don't know, yeah, my sphere. And you know how I like things in my sphere. Mm. But it's about the NBA and the situation the NBA is in at the moment. And I thought about how it relates to rugby league. So the NBA has a problem right now that its TV ratings for actual games for the NBA are not great. But it's mentions on social media and people viewing highlights on YouTube and things like that are incredibly high, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So they've got this league that has a very high profile that people talk about nonstop that is very much in the um, sports psyche of people all over the world that have some of the highest profile athletes in the world some of the highest endorsements for athletes in the world, but people aren't watching their fucking games, right? And it's a weird situation that they're in. And so they're starting to talk about their TV ratings in a different way. Instead of talking about their actual TV ratings in a more traditional sense, they're talking about, you know, views and things like that. Because yeah, the, the overall with, you know, all media um, media combined, yeah, 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 because they kind of have to, because if you just look at their TV ratings, the TV ratings are stagnant, especially compared to other sports in the US. And it made me think about rugby league in that we're kind of lucky that the games are actually viewed, like, right through. We're not a sport that needs to rely on all of the other stuff on top of that. And there was a guy that was on uh, Bill Simmons' podcast this week, and he was talking about how... His consumption of the NBA is very much podcasts 
and seeing highlights and things like that. But his viewership of actual NBA games is minute compared to that, like mm-hmm. hundreds of times smaller compared to all of the other stuff. And that doesn't really translate for the NBA, unfortunately, into money in the NBA's pocket. Unless you start doing really specific sponsorship deals and advertising deals and stuff like that. But then you start thinking to yourself, well, what am I selling? Am I selling a sport or am I selling celebrity? And once again, I was started, I started to think about how the NBA sells us, uh, how the NRL, sorry, sells itself. And that we're lucky that the sport, when you actually watch the games themselves, they are compelling to watch. You know, I don't think there's too many NRL people that follow the NRL that don't actually watch the games. It's it's something that people still do. But I thought it was a warning sign for the NRL that you can get yourself into this weird situation where you go beyond what the sport is and you end up with this thing where you've got to ask yourself, what is it that people are actually watching? Because they're not watching the sport. They're starting to watch all of the the gossip and the I, I think I can I think I can explain where their issue is. Yeah. How many NFL games are there a year? I I see where you're going with what so teams yeah. currently play seventeen NFL games in a regular season and then they play a pretty short playoff series. Yeah. And how many NBA games are there in a season? <laughs> 82 games. So that's the thing. Each game on its own means fucking nothing to the casual viewer. Yeah, Because you can lose. You can lose your third game of the year. That's not going to impact your season. You've got another 70 games to fucking play. Yeah, true. And that's the problem. That It's the same problem that English Rugby League has had. If you give people too many games, then you devalue each game on its own. And so... The season has too many games. They need to wind it back. If they had fewer games, then each game has more importance, which means you're going to want to watch it more. You're going to want to go to it more. That's the problem they've got. Um, that's why the NFL is not having any of this issue. Yeah. The season is just the perfect length. It's well, it's fair enough so that everyone gets to go through the usual form, dips and whatnot goes on through a season. Mm-hmm. They get to build a bit of a run. They've got a decent final series. It's not overly complicated. It's not drawn out. And the Super Bowl is the biggest sporting event in the world. Yeah, probably is still. Like, like year, on, year, year on, year out. Year on, year, yeah. I, it makes me think about then like the ideal number of games for, say, an NRL season, which... I think in an ideal world, I'd probably land on 20 to 22. Yeah, I think when we've, we've got to the situation now where we have 17 teams, and I think if the NRL was smart and they want to continue expanding, then they've got to stop thinking that we need to have 24 rounds. They need to think that we need to make sure everyone plays each other once. Yeah. Right? And then we can still have our top eight final series. And it's not going to hurt you too much if you make the season a little bit shorter because what you then allow is for standalone rep weekends, more rep football, which gives that those games also extra emphasis because you get to see it in more of the regular season. It's got a flow-on effect, and you're not going to be losing that many games at the moment. But it's going to be eight rounds. But if you put three rep rounds in for Origin, you're only down five weeks now. You can put internationals in there as well at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. 
you're almost finishing at the same point every year. And you can start the season a bit later, so when it's a little bit cooler, not when it's in the heat still. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't hurt the game too severely. And I think that's the problem with the NBA is that they play just so many games that no one game on its own is all that important until you get to the playoffs. And even then, the playoffs is so long because it was a best of five. No, no, it's best of seven in best all, of seven. Three, all, all rounds. Yeah, it used to be best of five for the first round of the playoffs, right. and they extended that because obviously they make more money out of more games. But uh, And I know as an NBA fan, like, part of me does really value the the records of the 82-game season. Um, but I think in the modern day, and I think you're right, that there's – it probably should be about a 65-game season, and which is, funnily enough, the cutoff point where you've got to pay, play 65 games now to be eligible for the all of the awards and stuff these days now. They changed that last year. Um, but I think 65 games is probably an ideal number for them to make the games actually matter again. But then, like, it makes me think about how you can schedule those games. And then when you, like when you, I think about cutting down the number of games we have in an NRL season, I start thinking about how you could schedule games and how you can add more teams to the league so that, so like, I don't know how many games we play now at the moment. Is it 360 games in an NRL no, no, season? It's 200 and something. Okay. So, so say it's, let's say 250 is a round number. Okay. Just pull a number out. So say there's 250 games in a season. If we cut back the number of rounds to a 20-round competition, you could make up the games that you've lost by having expansion clubs. So you've got more you ga- say so you'd have the same number of games actually being played, but you'd have more teams to play them across. So you wouldn't lose out in your TV deals and stuff like that. And I think that's where we'll end up down the road, hopefully, you know. And that's where you can end up having teams from wherever the hell you want. Like you could have a team in France, you could have teams in England, you could have teams in the United States because you're going to have more days between games for clubs. You're going to be able to travel to places like that and it not be a problem. Whereas at the moment, you know, you've got five to set five to six days really to, to get your team where it needs to be to play a game. Yeah. And it, I just think it's things like that, that the people running the game, of rugby league need to think about where the sport is headed and what you want to happen with the sport and what you don't want to happen with the sport. Because I think where the NBA is right now, in some ways it's great. You know, I, I, if I say LeBron James, people know who I'm talking about. But if I, if I say to you that he was going to go to golden state, but then LeBron said he didn't want to go to golden state at the trade deadline, people know what I'm talking about. But then if I said, how many LeBron James games have you actually watched this year from start to finish? The number of people that have actually watched one of his games this year is minute compared to the number of people that know who he is. And that's a yeah. weird place to be in. It is. And it's not a, it's not a horrible situation the NBA's in because the no. fact that – and, I mean, the one thing that drew me to this conclusion very quickly was the fact that people are watching highlights and they're watching the videos on YouTube more than anywhere else. Mm-hmm tells you that they're bored with watching so much NBA content. They yeah. just want to get all the information they need from a quick hit, and that's it. So they've taken the value out of each game. That's what they've done. And that's a problem because the value of the games that people watch from start to finish are where they get the majority of their money from. 
And when people are starting to switch that off and just rely on the highlights, you do have a problem you need to address. Hmm. And I would just, I would hate for rugby league to ever get into that situation because the NBA has kind of fallen into it and they're going to have to figure out a way to get people going back to watching games again. Um, and it's an interesting situation. And, and as always, when I see another sport in a certain situation, I, I line it up against what's happening in rugby league because obviously rugby league's my favorite sport. And uh, it's it's interesting because the way that people watch sport and where you watch sport and how you watch it, like it's changing very quickly. And oh, yeah. I just hope that the people running the game are, are on top of it. Absolutely. And look, I think the um, I think the thing that the NRL could learn from the NBA is, you know, don't be afraid to let people to share your content around on YouTube. Yeah. The NRL is so scared about it. Like they they block anyone who's sharing their their content and stuff. They just let it go. It's yeah. promotional. It's promotional work that you don't have to pay for. I think that there's got to be a a good compromise between like obviously the NRL doesn't want people putting full games on YouTube because that undermines the product and undermines how much they can get out of the TV deals. But I think that, you know, highlight packages and stuff like that, when it's used reasonably, I think that's fine. Like if you get somebody talking about, you know, game footage and, and they can show a highlight of a try or something, I think that that's okay. You know, and I think if the NRL put out guidelines, like real, if they put out strict guidelines, like if they said you can't put out highlight packages until a week after the game has been played, you know, it's not ideal. But I think more people would be like, okay, at least we know where we stand. So they do have to improve in that area. That's for for certain. Yeah, you can't you can't just control all your all your information anymore. No. Because, I mean, the best way you get information around nowadays is by just letting the fans do it, word of yeah. mouth. Yeah. Nothing beats it. It's still the best advertising method you'll get. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, I mean, we're still in a situation where it's it's harder to watch an NRL game than it should be. And I, was, I just think about it this way. I, I'm i going to get I, – I go off of KO as soon as um, – the season ends, you know, I, I get rid of it. And I would love to be able to watch it through my Xbox and I can't. And I'd love to be able to watch it through all sorts of, you know, things that I'm signed up with and I can't because KO is so restrictive about what they'll actually allow themselves to be carried on. And that's a problem for getting the game into people's land rooms. And I say that as someone that lives in Sydney. All right. It was only a few years ago where it was actually it was actually possible for someone living in the Philippines mm. to watch State of Origin live. Mm. It was easier for them to do that than it was for someone in Melbourne to do that. Yeah, and that's because crazy. We only had one method, and that was through Channel Nine, and they would put on other programming before the Origin game, and we could not go anywhere to watch the game live. Yeah. So we had to just turn off phones not go on social media, and then watch the game an hour after it kicked off. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Yeah. I'm glad it's changed now, but, I mean, it shows you, though, that 
having too many restrictions in place, it can have the effect of driving people away. Especially if you've got people that are ready to pay for it too. Yeah. Like if if you've got a customer and they're like, I'm ready to rock and roll, and you say, well, we'd love you to watch our product, but, 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 and it's like eventually someone's going to go and do something else. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got to be very careful about that. So we'll go to what's accessible. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, we've covered quite a bit here. We have, yeah. We go all over the place with our podcast. It's great. Um, you see there's like 337 races in the Formula One season this year. No, uh, <laughs> really, what's going on? Oh, mate, they've got tons of they've, – they've got another racetrack that they've, they're building in – I can't remember where. Um, the People's the, Republic of somewhere. Oh, it's a stupid-looking track too. <laughs> How many the, races are they having this year? Is it 20 or it's, – It's over 20. No way. Let me have a look. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm not too sure if too many of the fans are aware, but Freaky and I do like the F1. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look. There's 24 races this year. No way. That's insane. First race is the 2nd of March. I think 18's the right number for a season. And that's a long season. That's like a complete full season is 18. So it now goes from the 2nd of March to the 8th of December. Wow, wow, December racing. <laughs> oh, my God. And let this sink in. The last race is on the 8th of December in Abu Dhabi. Oh, man, that's insane. How long will those tyres last? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so crazy. I would never think an NR, uh, uh, Formula One season would ever go into December. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> Look, that's what happens when you run by a private company. They can do stuff like that. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, 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 it's a mad season. Yeah. The drivers will not like that. And then someone will point to their bank accounts and they'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, the other thing is Lewis Hamilton's obviously already gone to Ferrari for next year. Yep. Um, so that's... For, that. And what else is there? I think there's only eight eight drivers who are contracted beyond this year. So it's going to be an insane season for driver movement. Well, isn't this the last year of um, the current cars and then next year they're going to change to a new set of regulations? Is that right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, so it's, there's a lot of, of shifting that's going to go on there. It's going to be, I tell you what, if they're going to end up with long seasons like that, there's not going to be very much time for car development at all over the off season. And you I think you'll end up with more teams that will say, okay, we're going to develop this car until say April. And then it's all going into next year's car. And so you're going to have teams that are going to have seasons that they ride off. Oh yeah. Well, they'll even get to the point where they'll be after 16 races. If they go right, we are completely out of this. Just to bend this season. We start development for next year. Yeah. And they'll be doing it. They'll be doing it during races and stuff. It's like I know, we've, reduce the quality of some of the races at the back end of the season. 
yeah, and that, and that's the thing. And then all of us like how like eight races is that? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to watch that sort of racing? It reminds yeah. me of like, and we've seen that happen before already in the past, but. You know, you didn't have eight more races to go or ten more races to go while that was going on. No, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I I don't like that as an F one fan at all. That's terrible. But uh, yeah, we'll check that out. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when we were talking about we could do an F one podcast? Imagine thinking that you were going to go from fucking March to December. I never would have thought that we'd have as many F1 rounds as we do NRL ones. Yeah, you're right. Holy we, crap. Every NRL team plays 24 rounds. We can start lining up F1 stats against rugby league ones. Like, who's better, Ferrari or Penrith? Oh. <laughs> now, now you've got me distracted. I'll be doing that shit for the next bloody few months. Yeah, I just ruined <laughs> stuff for you. Who's, yeah, better? Right. who's better? Who's had a better three years, Red Bull or Penrith? <laughs> that's a pretty close run thing, eh? I think I might have actually looked at that. Yeah, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> it's all right. I just look for stats. <laughs> been, oh, shit, that's I've funny. I've deep in stats for the last several months. And, uh, yeah, plenty of good data coming out soon from RLP. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. Mm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Keep everyone salivating. Yeah. Um, has there been anything else? We have, oh, no. Actually, briefly, we did have some results. Let's, let's quickly go through the trial results because they don't require any great information. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's have a looky. So we had Bulldogs beat Storm 24-12. Uh, Knights beat the Sharks 44-18. Roosters beat Manly 36-22. Eels beat the uh, sorry Raiders beat the Eels thirty eight sixteen at Cogra. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, South beat the Dragons twenty eight to six at Cogra. That'd be the Charity Shield. That's had um, such a low profile the last few years, hey? It has, yeah. It's crazy. Um, the Tigers beat everyone eighteen sixteen. <laughs> Broncos beat the Cowboys forty six twenty, and the Dolphins beat the Titans twenty six fourteen. That was last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the week before, Manly flogged someone, which is a sign that they've they've won the title as well this year. Because I, I think that was just an opposed session behind closed doors, though. That doesn't matter. That's basically a grand final replay right there. Um, and Luke Brooks being in the match, they've already made a statue for him. <laughs> they'll put the statue on top of the part of Brookvale Oval where the Bears jumper is. Oh, nice. That'll be yeah, so. That'll 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 cancel each other out. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, like, we've talked about this before. The, the only, like, don't worry about the score lines, but you don't want your team to get flogged and then flogged again because that's never normally a good sign in nah. a trial match. Like, and if you... I was going to say, what you really want out of a trial match too is you want to play against one strong team and one weak team. So you get a chance to test yourself against a good side, yeah. but also check your progress and your systems against a weaker side yeah get some get some k's into your legs yeah stuff like that it's like the results don't matter whatsoever but you don't want to get i've never seen a team in trial matches of any kind and this is in in rugby league and even in the nba where they have preseason games where a team gets absolutely flogged during the preseason 
and then they're really, really good. It's normally not a great sign when you're getting flogged back to back to back. That's right. Uh, so what do we got here? This starting this weekend, we've got a double header at Belmore on Friday night. Rabbitohs Roosters and Sharks Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Saturday, we've got Storm Knights, Warriors Dolphins, Manly Broncos, and Dragons Tigers at Mudgee. On Sunday, the Raiders play Cowboys at Seffert Oval. Oh, yes, Seffert Oval, where that was where they played their first game, wasn't it? That's right, their first home ground. Yep. Uh, where Balmain dominated the Raiders. So I don't think Balmain ever lost there. Oh, there you so go. they should make the West Tigers should make that their new home ground. Why not? <laughs> All I do is solve problems here. Um, That's what Pasco was trying to do, but people were standing on his toes, Andrew. All that authority was in his way. Yeah. <laughs> you think you're at the top of the tree, and you then you look up and you just see Everest next to you. You're like, oh fuck. <laughs> you think you're the CEO, you know? And even says it on that little steel thing on the front of your desk. When you walk up to your fucking demountable on a Monday <laughs> and you walk up to it and you put the keys in the door, it says CEO on the door and yeah. you think you're in charge, but you're not really. Even though your key unlocks the door and you go in. Mm. CEO written on the little thing on the front there. You look on your signature and your email, CEO, you're like. Maybe instead, like it wasn't the letter CEO, it was like C-S-E-E or S-E-A. And then E E E E, and then like Y O O. So as a CEO, <laughs> or maybe just a D O P E. It's close. It's letters. Yeah. Yeah. Go give away another jumper, Pasco. Um, and on oh, the look, last I went game to a sponsor. Have the Tigers got a sponsor this year? I haven't heard that they've got a new one. Okay. The hat the hat hasn't take, taken his bat and ball yet. I'm not sure. I just thought he I just thought he had. I kinda yeah. hope he does. No, they're still on the jumper. Okay. Look, that's that's fine. If he I'd, if he's kept it there. I'd get rid of it. You just do it. You just yeah. hand his money back. I'm I'm happy. To put my hand up and say, no, I'll give the Tigers $17 this year yep. to have Rugby League Project on the front of the jumper. Yeah. And I'll give them another $17 to put Virgo and the Freak on the back. Oh, nice. Because, to be honest, no, I should have to pay probably $20 for the one on the back because that's going to get seen more. I wonder how much people pay for those, on for the logos on the back of the jersey. The one on the front's a few hundred grand every year. Yeah, it's the, a whack. The back ones would be, they wouldn't be cheap. The one, the big one at the back of the top would be pretty pricey. Imagine winning Lotto and going to a club and saying, listen, I want to buy the entire jersey, all of the logos, and then putting like emojis on it. <laughs> or just have a company named like Dildo or something like that. Can I just say, listen, if me and Andrew or Andrew ever win Powerball, the Manly Seagulls are fucked. <laughs> we are going to fuck with that club. We're going to buy it. We're going to move it. We're going to do all sorts oh. of terrible shit to that team. What did we discuss? Oh, we were talking about, we were talking about um, moving them to play 
<laughs> to play at North Sydney Oval as their home ground. <laughs> Like and putting that. putting home of the Manly Sea Eagles all around the North Sydney Oval. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like we will, yeah, we will do some fucked stuff. And the reason we pick Manly is because it'll be the cheapest one to buy. Oh, easy, easy. Yeah, yeah. So that, don't think we're just picking on Manly because uh, they're we, fucking. We just don't want to spend all of our money. <laughs> yeah, we would just we would just put a, put a statue of Bob Fulton outside North Sydney Oval. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be nah, nah a statue of a statue of Brett Kamali in a in a Northern Eagles jersey. <laughs> just, over the over the main stand there. Mm. Just call it the uh the rainfall stand. Why just, the rain- to, just, just to remind them of what happened at Gosford. Oh shit. <laughs> You just have a sprinkler going on at 20 <laughs> That's an idea. Put yeah. a soaker hose across the top of it so you just hear the rain coming down on the top of the roof. The roof. Just non-stop terrible things would happen to that club and people would be like, how can they do this to a club? And it's like, well, they own it. <laughs> <laughs> we would let it fail, though. How, how did they – yeah, that's true. Well, you, like the values are going to be in the license eventually because you're just going to destroy whatever's left. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that, that would be so much fun. How the many – I said the other thing I'd do is I'd probably buy the West Magpies and just paint the white stripe orange. Just put yeah. – <laughs> I was just thinking with the the Manly jersey playing out of North Sydney Oval. I'm not going to yeah. say anything else other than saying pure rainbow. Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> got to be the case. Yeah, it's got to be complete rainbow jersey every week. That's the way to do it. Be great. They'd love it. They'll need an alternative job. I so said that one can be red and black. Yeah, that sounds still... like. Sounds but like still, a compromise. But still with the seagull on the breast. We don't want, we don't want the bear on there. No, you want to anger as many people as possible. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, that's got to happen. Um, if you do win the lotto yeah. and you find that you've got too much money and you want to have a bit of a laugh, um, get in touch and we'll definitely help. Yeah. Yeah, we won't put it to good use. We'll put it to amusing use just for the rest of the NRL fans because that's what we're here for. We're here to we, amuse and entertain. We, we will literally destroy the value of the club that you decide to purchase, but we'll have fun doing it. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be manly. Any club you like. We can find ways to make any club miserable. Yeah, but wouldn't it be funny if it was manly? Oh, manly would be great. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, people, thanks for listening. Make sure you check us out on YouTube. Like and subscribe to all the videos over there. Leave some comments over there because we need to get back to doing uh, reading out comments on episodes. Yeah. So leave some comments over there um, because you're not doing it anywhere else. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, people. Do some work. <laughs> and uh, we'll check you all out next time.